What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fan of Life channel, Fan of Life show. Today's episode is a unique one. It will be audio only after this introduction. And the reason for that is uh, my guest for the day, Coach Casey Holstead, had to be on the road while filming our interview. He wanted to honor our time slot, so uh, he called in for the interview. But um, some of the connection was a little bit shaky. I am going to still publish this, obviously, because I think uh, a lot of what he said needs to be heard. A lot of gems. Coach Casey is owner and operator of 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu here in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Amongst teaching, he is a hardcore family man. And uh, he tells me uh, the correlation for him, his perspective and how running and operating and training martial artists, competitors, UFC fighters, and how it correlates to running his family life because it... Um, falls under very simplistic ideals for him. And uh, I learned a lot. I respect this man quite a bit, and I look forward to getting to know him better and uh, possibly training with him as well, too. So um, whether you're a martial artist or you're a fan of jiu-jitsu specifically, Coach Casey offers a lot of wisdom. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Again, this is audio only, so you can uh, listen here on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Pod. So a lot of options for you guys, but um, please enjoy. And without further ado, Mr. or I should say Coach Casey Holstead. Coach Casey, what's up, brother? How are you? Just hanging out. Just, uh, you know, got done training, living the dream. And you know what? I was going to ask you about that. I see your Instagram all the time. You you roll, what, multiple times a day? Because you do that 6 o'clock class, right? Yeah, we have a 6 a.m. Uh, and a 11 a.m. So I, I try to do – I'm a little bit older now. I'm 47. So I'm trying to live, limit my rounds to about 8 per day. Uh-huh. So sometimes at 6 a.m. we get a little crazy, and I'll, I'll knock out all 8 at 6. So then I won't roll at 11. But for the most part, I try to do twice a day. Wow. So I'm 45. There's no excuse for me, right? Zero. All right, brother. Well, I'll take you up on, on our conversation. I'll see you in the gym. Uh, hey, man, thanks for making the time today. I'll keep it short. I just found you very interesting and especially being a big fan of uh, uh, jujitsu, uh, 10th Planet specifically, knowing the history with, um, you know, Eddie Bravo and stuff like that. How did you link up starting uh, in martial arts? Was it always jujitsu or did you train other things as well? Well, you know, I'm a... I'm 47, so I, I was born in 74, so I'm basically like an 80s baby. Like, I, I grew up in the 80s, and uh, I think my first exposure to combat sports was at seven years old. I started to wrestle, and um, that doesn't mean I was any good at it, but, you know, I pretty much wrestled on and off all the way through junior high school, and, uh, you know, growing up in the 80s, Karate Kid was like a big deal, so we pretty much throughout my whole entire life until about junior high school I was in and out of like regular strip mall karate classes and stuff then came along uh, a gentleman by the name of Hoyce Gracie that kind of just shook the world right oh yeah yes sir you know uh, the grappling arts always made sense to me mm-hmm. and uh, once once I found jiu-jitsu it was a little later you know I got married and and was like doing the working life and doing all of that and, I, and when I found jujitsu, I just dove in head first. And it's been two to three times a day ever since. Really? And, what, year, uh, what year was this then, than when you first found jujitsu? Oh, geez. I'm 47. I was like 29. So wow. 18 years ago, about. Yeah. Wow. So, so what, was, it with, uh, was. was it with, uh, was it, what program was it under? Because I'm assuming you discover 10th Planet later, or was it always 10th Planet? 
it, no, it was later. I, I came up in a traditional gi school. Okay. Pretty much all the way, all the way to brown belt. Gotcha. And uh, and then uh, I had a falling out with my instructor. And, uh, you know, we, we were like, we were a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school, but hev- heavily into MMA. Mm. So, but back, back in those days, uh, it was basically still styles make fights type of deal. Yeah. So uh, we were training for MMA fights in geese and, and it was a it was a highly competitive room. I mean, my my first instructor gave me tons and tons of basics that I still use today. And but it was really closed off and political, and mm. you couldn't cross train. And you know, it was it was just like a, a really old school environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, my we had a we had a disagreement, caused me to leave. I ended up hooking up with Ron Turner, who also came from that school too. And uh, we, we just kind of hit it off and we started training together. We started our own. Well, he had started it prior to me coming in, but it was called Subtech MMA in uh, Irvine. And um, we had a few 10th Planet guys that would drop in. One of them was training out of 10th Planet Riverside. And uh, he would drop in and train with us like two, three days a week because he worked in Irvine. So instead of sitting in traffic, and uh, driving home, he would just come to our 6 p.m. class. And then, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Freak Brothers, Boogie and Geo. Oh, yeah, I know Geo, yeah. Yeah, before Boogeyman was uh, an MMA fighter first. And uh, before I was even 10th Planet, Boogeyman would jump on a train from San Diego and come up to Orange County and train with me. And uh, we would train MMA. So I was exposed to 10th Planet long before I was actually part of 10th planet. And then, uh, I started making trips out to Hollywood to train with Eddie. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, as soon as I did, I realized that the politics only, it doesn't have to exist in jujitsu and that there's tons of other options out there. And it was, it was almost like, it was almost like someone opened up the windows to a dark room and let all this light and air in. And wow. I was like, wow, man, jujitsu is, really not as restrictive as I thought it was. And Eddie really changed the way that I see the way that I see jujitsu and the way that I do things. And I'm, I'm forever in debt to him for it. So it was just, it was a, it was a really good fit, a really good time. We hit it off. Great. We ended up uh, closing Subtech MMA and opening 10th planet Costa Mesa. Gotcha. So that was your first, history. so that was your first school. Cause you have two in the Las Vegas area now, right? Yeah, at one point prior to the pandemic, so I think it was March of 2020 when we closed down temporarily for 10th Planet Costa Mesa, Orange, Fullerton, Irvine, the two the two in town, downtown, and then the one in Henderson. And then I had one in Tucson, and then I have a kickboxing gym in Fountain Valley. And hmm. I got rid of the four Orange County locations, like right at March of 2020. Gotcha. But the, the ones in Vegas are still uh, still viable and, and, and popping. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm happy to say that every one of our employees got paid the whole entire time. All of our leases got paid the whole entire time. Uh, we were able to make it through just fine. And, uh, yeah. But that was large in part. We just had to kind of like we had to like focus on what we were doing. So we just decided to break the corporation up and, and everybody kind of got their own gym and they all focused. Well, I think that's the key. That that's that's key in life and business, and I'm sure jujitsu too. Is that you got to adapt, right? You constantly have to adapt because it's ever changing. Yep, yep. It was a it was a huge. You know, everybody tried to go online and do jujitsu at home, 
and you know to be honest i'm gonna go ahead and come out and just say it but we were only shut down for two months flew under the radar up until you know a couple of weeks ago when the governor lifted the mask mandate you know yeah yeah maybe he's a secret jujitsu fan i doubt it but who knows Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> well, man, that's beautiful, man. I, I think that's one of the things that uh, I do admire about you and about a lot of the the jujitsu uh, world is that number one, you guys are very welcoming, very open. Uh, from what I experienced, I dabble in jujitsu off and on. Uh, nothing serious like you, but um, whenever I go to a different school, a different whatever, for the most part, people are pretty open, and people just want to, like you said, man, they're like surfers, right? It's like let me surf, let me roll. Like you said, let me take care and live my life and leave me alone. And life is gravy. And I think if we can uh, get back to that, man, I think it'd be a better place for sure. So so I love what you said about that. So um, let me ask you this, uh, Coach. You're one of the rare ones that shouldn't be rare, but you're one of the rare ones that get to live your life, which I believe uh, the American dream. You, you found something you love. You built a business around it. You're flourishing and you get to be involved every day. And I doubt you wake up going, damn, it's Monday. I think you're probably excited when the week starts again, right? Am I wrong or am I right about that? No, you're right about that. It's, it's funny that you bring that up because um, I've engineered my life. So I have like a couple of sayings, right? So, so in practice, if I get tapped by my students, I win mm -hmm. because I'm a good coach. And if I tap them, I win because I'm good at jujitsu. So there's really no way for me to lose, right? I've built this weird life. Love it. But the other thing I do every Friday morning at 6 a.m., I go into the gym so pumped and I tell all my students and they all like look at me like like I'm crazy. But I'm like, you know, the best thing about Friday is it's really close to Monday and it's another chance to live an amazing life and accomplish all your goals and have an amazing week. So I'm always excited when Friday hits because it's almost Monday. And I think that. I think that I, I, I think that I, unfortunately, I feel like I'm one of the rare guys that feels like that. Yeah. You know, because on the weekends we don't train as much. We train like once on Saturday and once on Sunday. Even though I love being on the golf course with my kids, like that's actually my favorite thing to do. But but I love jujitsu, so it's like, man, it's almost Monday. Like I'm pumped. Let's go. And everybody just looks at me like I'm nuts. But. That's that's beautiful, man. And I think you said the secret word there is is you engineered your life. You gotta live with 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 how you want to design it, not just by accident, but how do you cultivate it, manifest it, and create it, man. And and that's beautiful. But it was not easy, and that's the problem yeah. now with today. You know, I've had two jobs with Fortune 500 companies. The last one that I had that I retired from when I moved to Vegas, I was working for an oil major in LA. And so at that time I had four gyms. I was working, I would get up at 5 a.m. and I, my shift, I was working at 980. So I was working like six to 3.30 every day. And then I had a guy who would run the morning practices for me at 10th Planet. And then I would drive home, I'd pick up my teenager and we would head to the gym until 10 or 11 o'clock at night. This was every day for years. I didn't extract money out of the gym for the first three years. I was independently making money. And now what's happening People see how effortless running gyms is because we've been doing it so long. We make it look that way, but it's actually pretty hard to do. And yep. it takes a lot of hard work. And if you're coming at it from, if you're coming at it from a perspective of like, uh, like it's just going to be easy. You're going to have a hard time, you know, but 
coming up in corporate America, I feel like it gave me a unique advantage over a lot of guys because I was, I was running the gyms. I was working at the oil major and I was also coaching fighters at the time. I had like Tony Ferguson, Mark Munoz, Matt Lopez, Chito Vera, Alex Perez. I had a lot of guys and I was burning the candle at both ends mm. and, uh, and Carlos Barza, you know? So it's like, it's like things don't just happen. Like you got to grind and work. And I think as far as like competitive jujitsu, everybody's got that figured out. You need to be in the gym. You need to be working hard, Right. but you can't overlook the business aspect either, you know? And, and, and I think that I'm really lucky that I had to suffer through corporate America for so many years. You know, it's, it's actually paid major dividends for me now. No, that's great. That's great. And I think that's a good motivation and, and real life example of how you can transition. It's like you take that skill set of corporate America and you build it around what you value, what you love. In your case, it's jujitsu. Because like you said, man, you can be a world champion jujitsu and you decide to open a school. But if you don't understand earnings, you don't understand taxes, you don't understand income in, income out, payroll, you're going down, buddy. It's funny because I was actually paralleling a thought that Gary Vaynerchuk had which uh, someone sent me a video of his and he was saying like from nine to five, you're working to make money. And then from five to nine, you're creating your exit from your corporate job. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, it was like a more fiery video, but <laughs> I didn't even real I didn't even realize I was doing that. I was working for this oil major and I was making more money than I was worth. It was crazy. Like just, yeah. just the deals and like the, what, what actually was required. I mean, it was a great company. I would have never left. But um, they adopted a manufacturing model from Japan. It's called the lean manufacturing model. And one of the, one of the things that they did was they, they went through and they ran an analysis on the entire company. And they basically terminated everybody and you had to reapply for your job. Oh, geez. During, during this process, I had already had the gyms, but I was never thinking about using the gyms as an exit to my corporate gig, right? And um, I actually retained my position. I was able to do it. But the one thing that they did is this lean philosophy ended up making me do that in my own personal life. Pulled a credit report. I looked at all my, my subscription services that I had. And I was like, holy shit, I'm spending $600 a month on uh, Jiu-Jitsu Magazine, on this app, on that app. And, and I immediately started counseling subscriptions. And I realized that I didn't need that much money to live. And then, so that's the first step in like, oh, wow, I don't really need this job. I'm making enough money at the gym to actually, my corporate gig became expendable. And um, so they actually created my exit for me. They're the ones that showed me that if you, if you really manage your finances and you lean everything out, yeah. you could, you could, you could actually exist on very little money, you know? And, and uh, so that's what my wife and I did. And then uh, we ended up having kids later in life. You know, I was in my forties when we had my six-year-old and uh, I was like, you know what, let's just move to Vegas. So we left Orange County and came here. And at that time, that's when I retired from my, from my, uh, my last corporate job. Isn't that amazing when you trim the fat and you trim the bullshit out of your life, it really is very minimal. People be surprised how little, they can be comfortable with and honestly a lot of times how much happier they are too because you know you get out of that rat race man i mean i'm pretty sure this is the happiest you've ever been compared to when you were at a corporate job oh yeah i mean my life's pretty simple you know i have i have three pillars 
that I judge my life by, right? So like when it comes down time to make a decision, everything got really easy as I got older because the first thing I do is I consider my wife. Mm. Okay, I don't know what I'm going to do right now. This is a tough decision to make. How is this going to impact my wife? And if it's going to impact her positively, then I say yes. If it's going to impact her negatively, then I say no. And then it trickles down. How is this going to impact my children? Is it, if it's positive, it's a yes. If it's a negative, it's no. How is this going to impact my students, my fighters, my, my business? And, and so every decision that I make that I just don't know, like, you know, we're making hundreds of decisions a day yeah. and we spend very little mind making them. But there are a few every day that take a lot, lot of deliberation, you know, and in those decisions, I just I just refer to the pillars in my life, the, the most important things. And everything starts with my wife. It's like, if my wife's happy and she's thriving, then everything else is good after that. Okay. My kids are happy and they're thriving. Everything is good. If my gym is good and my, my students are happy, then everything's great after that. And so I just simplify my life to those three things. And, and it's become very easy. Man, I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm going to stay in that philosophy for a hot second. Then let's stay in that vein. So tell me through your experience your interpretation what is the philosophy behind jujitsu for you and then what is casey's and you almost you kind of alluded to already so first is what is the philosophy behind jujitsu in your own uh, um, interpretation and then what is your personal life philosophy if you wouldn't mind okay so like the way i see jujitsu is imagine like a like a zero scale on a timeline right so mm -hmm. so you start jujitsu and you know nothing right and then this scale, like you start, you start learning technique and then you start scaling upward, right? White belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt, all the way up there. You're in this accumulation process, right? Where you're like, you're trying to figure out technique. You're trying to be effective. And you're in this, this mindset of accumulating data, right? And, right. Then, and then like, as you get older and you start to, you start to figure out what jujitsu is, you start to strip it down. And so like, you're trying, you're trying to, you're trying to beat your opponent with as little movement as possible. So, so if you were perfect at jujitsu, you wouldn't sweat to beat somebody. You wouldn't have to be athletic to beat somebody. So you do this like scale and then, and then like, as you hit black belt, you start to strip away and you come mm. back to that zero line of jujitsu and jujitsu should be really easy. So I guess it, for layman's terms and for like beginners, it's keep it simple, stupid, <laughs> like make it make it highly effective and as effortless as possible and then and then uh my family philosophy is uh you know just do what's right by them i'm defined as a as a husband a father and a coach and i just keep that real simple so bottom line is keep it simple on both yep. both ends right yeah just be effective you know i, yeah. I the more the more you comp complicate things and and, and the more showy and flashy you try to get, uh, you know, the, the further from the truth you're going to get. And, and then you're going to start getting into trouble, you know, and, and just by nature, I'm a pretty violent guy. Like, mm. like my, my deep, my default setting is to react with violence. Right. And as a, as a youth, I got into a lot of trouble because of that. So I've had to, I've had to put in a lot of defense mechanisms to keep myself from reacting. Right. And so using my family as a way to keep myself. It's just, you know, that's what I said about the three pillars earlier Yeah, is like, when I don't know how to react, I mean, the first thing I do is just think of my wife and I'm like, man, 
like, would she be proud of the husband that she has? And, you know, it, it really keeps me in line. And would I want my kids to act like this? Like, if I'm reacting in a negative way, like cussing somebody out, like, I'd be really disappointed if my children acted like that. Yeah. And so those are really, those are really good governors, you know, in my life. What is the misconception that you like people to to get rid of or understand about the arts? Well, there's there's a few major obstacles. Like like one is just the anxiety of coming into a gym. I mean, I still experience it when I travel out of the country. Let's say I'm in England and I'm gonna go visit a gym where I don't know anybody. I still get butterflies. Like I'm nervous. I'm like, oh shit! Like I'm nervous. And then you get in there and you train with them. And you realize that everybody's more similar than different. Like anyone yes. that trains jujitsu, they're probably well balanced and well thought out and deliberate in their approach to life and, and strict and disciplined and all these really great adjectives. You know, it's, it's very rare that you find a high ranking douchebag in jujitsu because jujitsu typically weeds those people out, you know? And yes. so like, I would say the number one thing that I want people to understand about martial arts, especially jujitsu, is it's awesome and it's full of awesome people. And there's no one, there's no right way. It's like jujitsu is not a one size fits all thing. It's like, it's like what's right for you. And and really it's happiness. Like, are you happy where you're at? And and you really you're gonna have like performance anxiety, kind of like you're gonna walk in, you're gonna be afraid. Like that's normal, but once you're once you do it, you're going to be like, oh, man, like, I have no reason to be afraid here. Like, this is awesome. Right, right. That's and, uh, you know, so that's like that's like the one thing that's like the one thing that I want people to know. And then the second thing is like you look at UFC fighters uh -huh. and you think, oh, my God, these guys are tattooed and these guys are like aggressive and they're trying to hurt each other. And if you think about it, most of those guys are college graduates. Most yeah. of them wrestled in college. Most of them graduated college. Most of them are most of them are uh, disciplined in their personal lives, and you know it's just it's crazy that that they're professional people, most of them, and it, and it's not what it appears to be. Right, right. Most of it, most of the time, it's competition. Obviously, at the highest level, which at any degree, you have to have that discipline and that IQ to achieve high level success. So, uh, I second exactly. what you're saying there, brother. Um, let me do this. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm loving this conversation. I think what I would like to do is uh, get to know you. I'm going to enroll. We'll roll. We'll, uh, I'll learn from you. And if there's an opportunity down the road, I like to do this again. I like to do it in a setting where I think uh, the audience is getting shortchanged by your wisdom because of the connection. Uh, but this is a great conversation, man. So let me ask you this before I let you go, because I know you're a busy guy. If somebody's out there, feeling stuck so what would be coach casey's advice to them to be unstuck because i think a lot of the world people are walking around feeling that way today man so what would it be coach well for for me i, I would say like go find a jiu-jitsu academy and and like start training right but it's, right. it's even more simple than that and it's it's like my mom used to always tell me you can't move a mountain at once you got to move it a rock at a time right mm. and so so i would say i would say you have to be a doer and you have to take an assessment of what's bothering you in your life. And you got to just start making positive changes. You know, and there's, there's a lot of people that just wait for the problem to go away and they never go away. They just manifest in different forms. Mm. So like, 
as as soon as so like if you're unhappy in your life you are 100 responsible for your actions and the way that you react to other people and so take take inventory you know and i have like i have some youtube videos that i've made in the past and and it's like i'll just this will probably sum it up best take a look at your inner circle everybody in your inner circle is either going to add value or take away from you and so like if you have a lot of people that are leeching or vamping you need you need to get rid of them and the same thing with finances are you spending a lot of money that you don't need to spend you start cleaning all that up and then mm -hmm. just by by process of doing work every day and making positive steps you're going to see that that you're going to find some momentum you're going to find some inspiration you're going to get rid of some of the stuff that's holding you down and kind of kind of like dragging it, you know and you, you're going to start feeling liberated and making these positive moves and you know once you start making positive decisions then your confidence builds and then you're going to get inspired by the comp the the good decisions and and so one thing that happens is is people can try and success is not guaranteed right right so they try their hardest they put everything into it and they fail and then they just figure well if i don't do anything i'll fail if i try hard i'll fail and it hurts more when you try hard and fail but if you look at it like there is no failure there's only learning mm -hmm. and the sky's the limit for you so i would say just start making positive decisions today right now and the easiest step is go home pull your credit report take a look at your subscriptions and cancel 90 percent of them and, and make money by not spending money that you're not using yep and that's a really good positive step and that'll put you in a that'll put you in a completion mindset and then once you're in a completion mindset you're going to go through the fact the process of just completing goals and knocking things off your list and you're no longer going to wait for things to disappear and go away i love that man i love that and i'll even add this the money that you save of all the streaming bullshit all the memberships that you do that you don't use on tv and what have you all the tier plus subscriptions put that towards a kickboxing gym, a jujitsu gym, maybe 10th planet and go get yourself in shape because the physicality, your well-being, your physical being and your mental state go hand in hand. You want to be How happy. You got to be healthy. How about this? I, I got a good, a good thing to stop on. Let's say you have $300 a month in subscriptions. Mm -hmm. you, you cancel those subscriptions. You save that $300 a month for one year and you go on a bitch and vacation somewhere. Mm. There you go. And discover what is it that makes you happy. Coach yes, Casey, sir. I'm going to link up with you in a couple of weeks, sir. We're going to redo this again. I'm still going to post this because you dropped a bunch of gems, man. Uh, the connection was so-so, but I think it's worth it. And uh, we'll do this again, but uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, sir. Cool. Maybe we could do it at your office or something. Love it. We'll be next time. Love it. Love right, it. I'll be at the one in Henderson. Take care, sir. Take care. Yes, sir. See ya.